today we're going to continue on in our month study of the scriptures. And I, as I was studying, I was going, I'm, I'm putting down a whole bunch of scripture. I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to have a whole bunch of scripture to teach the scriptures. And I thought, maybe it's okay to have a whole bunch of scriptures when you're teaching about the scripture. But we're going to continue, and it's on renewing your mind. And what's important um, about renewing your mind is that we are bombarded with what it is that we're supposed to think, how we're supposed to, to, to speak, and, 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 and different ideas. And they are contrary to what, many of us, contrary to what the Bible says. But if you don't know what the Bible says, you think that this is right. In fact, um, if you disagree with somebody's point of view, they take it that you hate them. Isn't that weird? I dis who disagrees with their, their spouse on something? I do. Do you hate them? No. We can disagree. I, di I disagree with some of my own thoughts, and I don't hate me. It's like, I shouldn't agree with that, but I liked it. No, I hate you. And, but, but for some reason, uh, and so many of these thoughts of the world and what is supposed to be acceptable is, is not biblical, and we're afraid to disagree with people. But the Bible, the Bible says we, we have to renew our mind because you know what's in your mind? All those things. We want to be accepted. We want to be liked. We want to keep our job. We, you know. But the Bible says it is absolutely necessary as believers to renew their mind. And so <clears throat> it's difficult in a world that we live in that's constantly telling us what's right and wrong, that's contrary to the Word of God. Uh, there was <clears throat> an interesting, uh, I was going to put it up on the board. It's a billboard in California. It said, abortion is okay. We love you. And it's Gavin Newsom, governor. And underneath it, it's Mark 12, or Matthew, or it's, it's in all three of the four Gospels. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no higher calling than this. And like, they're using scripture to prove, you know, to try to make their point that if you're a Christian, you, you agree with that. If you're a Christian, love is love. You know, love is not love. The Bible is very clear on what love is. And unless we're renewing our mind, we don't have anything to battle these things that are telling us what is the truth. And if you're not living the truth, you're not living the full life. So I wrote a dad joke. Okay, I didn't write it. I, I typed it in here. It's a dad joke, Okay. Thank you. You either laugh or you, oh, that's a dad joke. You moan or you laugh. I got to laugh. Thank you very much. Seven days without reading your Bible makes one week. <laughs> I like dad jokes. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, the second half of the, oh, <laughs> okay, makes one week. Oh, I get it. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> yes, you didn't realize this was going to be such a cerebral teaching today. <laughs> but, but we need to understand not only who God is and what, what God expects of us and how we can get to know God, that 
getting to know him, we can recognize when the world misuses God's word, we recognize it. We're being manipulated. And, and we're even warned about this. John 10 says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. That's kind of a complete statement, isn't it? What's left that's negative? It said, my purpose is to give them, give us a rich and satisfying life. And there's only one way for us to find this satisfying life. <clears throat> it manifests in our life as we find out who God is, because when we find out who God, Jesus is, okay, we find out who we are. The Bible says that our identity is found in your sexual preference. Oh, wait, no. Your sexual identity. No, it doesn't say that either. It says our identity is found in Christ. If you don't know what Christ is about, if you don't know what the Old Testament prophesies about the coming Messiah and what he's going to be and do, become, you don't know Christ. If you don't know Christ, you don't have an identity, so you have to find it through sexuality. You have to find it in your sexual orientation. You know, wait a minute. That's absolutely against the word of God. My identity is found in me knowing, learning, hearing who God is because it's God who said who I am. You're mine. You're my treasure. I love you. I love you so much that I'm sending my only begotten son to pay the price of sin on mankind. That's who I am. And that's what we... We discover when we accept the Lord into our life. When, when <clears throat> the Holy Spirit comes on, you know, we make it like we make it seem like, oh, you know, I, I made a decision to follow Jesus. You had the Spirit. You heard the voice of the Holy Spirit convict you. You cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I got saved when I listened to Billy Graham. You got saved because Billy Graham presented the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit made it real to you. And that's how you got here. It's by grace, not by my wisdom. But here's where I do need to walk in what I know. It says that I am to learn and know who my God is. And you do that by renewing your mind. And why do we have to renew our mind? Well, the enemy has used every mistake, every situation, the way you were raised, the way you weren't raised, who hurt you, who you hurt. He is using every one of these situations to destroy you, to remind you you're not good enough. You've never been good enough. Your mother said you weren't good enough. You didn't do, you had a teacher who said that you, no one liked you. The enemy is not going to let that pass because it's my purpose. It is his purpose and it's only, it is only through knowing who he is that we can get to know what our identity is that changes our life. <clears throat> Here's a problem. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
When you lay your head down at night, what do you think? Do you remember all the things you did wrong that day, all the things that people did wrong to you? So, what are you thinking? Who hates you, who you hate, who you dislike? That's, that's who I am. That's who I am, according to the Bible. I've got, what happens? It should say, for a man thinketh what he stinketh. Uh, does your thinketh stinketh? The only, so you got to stop doing your thinketh. You got to think of something else. You plant, you decide what you're going to think about. You know, when that thing bombards and comes in your mind to destroy, to kill, you've got to say, hmm, I know what my identity is because I read about it. I know who my identity comes from because I read about him. I, I meditate on it. And you know what? It's, 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 it's not hard. I, I'm, my phone preaches to me. Every morning, I got Gateway, Bible Gateway, and it reads a chapter to me. I don't even have to read it. And then I listen to all my Calvinist doctrine. Uh, <laughs> I am pretty boring. Um, but it's great theology. It talks about who God is. They've got it down. I was raised Presbyterian, and those Presbyterians got it down on who God is. They're just boring. Um, and, you know, I, I, I constantly see new things because I'm in a new place. See, when... We, when When, who's married? Someone's, anybody married in here? Okay, when you got married, did you go live where's her apartment or you? she lived in your apartment or you lived with your parents or whatever? Did you take a suitcase with you of your belongings? Everyone pretty much have something. Do you know when you get saved, you know what's in your hand? Your suitcase. You're taking your junk with you. Those things that hurt you. And so I have to renew my mind because this, what I'm reading about in the Bible, who God says I am and who I've become through his son, it is in contradiction to what I thinketh inside because I brought a suitcase with all this old stuff with me. So immediately I'm in a battle. And unless I'm constantly discovering what God thinks of me, what's expected of me, what can I expect of him? I'm losing. I stinketh and my thinketh. I'm going to lose unless I'm constantly, and the word is renewing. What am I renewing? The day you were saved, you were made whole, though you got your bag in your hand, but you've got to renew what you've learned and what you became that day. You've got to find out who you became that day. You've got to, become, you've got to find out you're, you're, my identity is not found in anything other than Christ. That's it. Well, <clears throat> we have to attack that brain that, that is saying, this is what you're going to think about today. <clears throat> it's interesting. It said, 
in Psalms 119, he says, I have treasured your word in my heart. How do you get his word in your heart? You have to read it or hear it. Because, and, and it says, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. You don't know if you're sinning against God unless you learn what God considers sin. What is trespassing on him? You don't know if you don't learn it in your mind. It's renewing your mind. And, and, and it, 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 essentially, that's, that is what we're going to see. That's the basis of what love is. Renewing our mind aligns our mind with God's word to know when someone is trying to manipulate us with God's word to do just the opposite, and that's to displease him. So <clears throat> let's look at this balance, and there's really a balance here. In Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world and the original, the, the truer statement is this, says this age. Do not be conformed to the thinking of the time that you're living in because every generation has some, other, some lie that's being projected on us. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. You see, it's in the mind. So that if it's not in my mind, if it's just in my heart, I can't prove. Prove is giving proof, giving, giving line upon line reasoning on this is what I believe and this is what I stand on. That is from the mind. Your mind does it. Your heart does not do that. We're going to see a verse that says, you know, uh, love the Lord with all your, all your, all your, it says that we're to love with our mind. Now, everyone goes, I, I, I got the heart down. I love Jesus. I love, and let me, I, I'm not making fun. I love Jesus. I love, I love to cuddle with Jesus. But, but why do you believe? Oh, I just love Jesus. And you go, well, prove it. You know, do, what? Give me something historical. Give me something, his principles. I just, I just love Jesus. I just say the name of Jesus, and I feel tingles. I am so happy. I, I can feel that way too. I love to worship and just, mm. but I can't prove just because I feel. When you fell in love, you're just going, oh, I just feel this way. Well, I, my wife wanted me to prove it. <laughs> yes. Let's get married. I just feel in love. <laughs> Uh, buy me something. <laughs> I did pay off. I did pay off her car <laughs> when we were engaged. She had a little Honda, and I said, "Hey, I got. <clears throat> I'm daddy big bucks. I got five hundred dollars." <laughs> and I broke out my quarters and I paid the thing off. <laughs> she wanted me to prove it. Guess wasn't. Guess what wasn't good enough. Oh, I just want to hold you. She's going, okay, something else. I'm not feeling it. How do we prove what the will of God is? Renew your mind. 
Renew your mind with his word. Well, okay, we'll go. Matthew 22, 37. Love the Lord your God. We said this with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It's three. It's a balance. There's no excuse with our phone will preach to me. Get married, your wife will preach to you. <laughs> My wife does love the word of God. I say that. Um, marry the right woman, men. Um, and women, you really marry the right guy. It's a balance. If you're out of balance, you know, you just can't love the Lord with your mind. You know, I just love doctrine. I'm going to go to seminary. You know, I'm going to be dry and dusty and boring, and I can interest nobody into this loving God loves you. Jesus loves you. Well, why don't you look like he loves me? You know, like, you know you, you've got to love with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. If you're not doing moving in all three, it's out of balance. You could just, I just feel Jesus. You know, or it's like, well, the word of God says this. No, it's all three. But it's this one that is the most neglected by the church today. Because we want to feel, we want to feel warm, we want to feel loved. We, and that's wonderful, God does that. But guess what? Mindless Christianity is empty. It's empty. It's just like, Dr. Crystal saying, prove it. <laughs> prove it. What? This, this mindless, you don't, we don't think of love as being cerebral, but it is. And what do I mean by that? When, <clears throat> when you fall in love, when you fell in love, you wanted to know what made the other, what makes, what makes her happy? That's love. I want to know what makes her happy. I want to know what she likes. If I don't, it's all about me. I just, oh, I just want to get near. <laughs> Giggly. I ain't going to make it. It's empty. It's that way as long as you feel it. But love, cerebrally, is I want to know what you're expecting of me. This is how much I love you. This is how much I love you. I need to know what you expect of me so I can meet that. Loving the Lord your God with all your mind is finding out what he expects of me. What can I expect of him? What is his love language? That's loving God with all your mind. And to do that, we have to renew the mind that we brought into this relationship in that suitcase. All our hurts, our present hurts, our past hurts, expectations. We brought that in there, and that's what is in my heart, and I think it's, and that's a battle going on. So I have 
to renew my mind. So what do we mean by renew? Wait a minute. You said I lived in all this baggage of the past. When I became a Christian, I became a new person. In 2 Corinthians, it tells us when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a new person. And so I'm renewing, and I may not know what all that means, but I'm studying and I'm finding out, so I'm renewing my mind because at that moment, that's who I was even though I wasn't aware of what all it meant. I'm finding it out. How many knew what it was going to mean to get married? Huh? How about when you brought your first baby home? Chris and I just looked. We're going, why does it keep breathing? We just watch it. We're going, how do we know we need to do something? When does it eat? Ooh, it did something. <laughs> it, that's love. We found out what to do. That's love. To love the Lord your God is cerebral. And the way it's cerebral is you've got to renew your mind with what God expects. You know, the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophesies who the Savior is going to be that God is sending. So I know this is who Jesus, you learn out who Jesus is in the Old Testament because it's all getting ready for the Savior who's going to come. And then you have Jesus' own words on who he is. He goes, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Who's learning about what Jesus said and expected? How did Jesus discipline? He got on to his disciples when they were out of line. It sounded good, but he said, nah, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, what was, oh, Jesus, that makes you feel so good. You know, when he told Peter, Satan, get behind me. It's cerebral. The biggest lack in the church today is that there is doctrine and it's good. It is for the protection of who we've been called to be. We can recognize truth from error when you know what the Bible says about God, when you learn. So, Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone. Well, okay, I'm going to act it out. Okay, Jesus said you don't live by bread alone. If you're really hungry, and I have a nice little sandwich here, we're like, ooh, yeah, ooh. That's the, ooh, that's Jesus. He said man does not live by that alone. You do live by that, right? You do enjoy eating the bread, right? You do knowing that Jesus loves you and loves you unconditionally, yep. But he says, man lives on what? By every word that comes from his mouth. Do you know the word that's come from his mouth? Because that's that's what's going to sustain you. Not just the feeling that you got your need met. I don't live because I got my need met. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. He goes, you know what? That's nice, but here's what, here's what sustains you. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's cerebral. That is renewing your mind. That is discovering what it is that he, he is saying. Well, 
Jesus replied, you are, oh, yeah, I did this in the first service because I'm not following my notes. See, your notes are like a little rope tied to your ankle that keeps you. <laughs> I untie it and I preach, and that's a mistake. So, <laughs> so there's a, um, the, the Pharisees come to Jesus after Jesus is teaching. And the Pharisees ask these crazy questions. You know, like, we're going to trick him off. We're going we're gonna to get him. You know, I I'm, would think about it as a child. I would say, okay, if God can do anything, can he make a rock that he can't pick up? Am I the only one who does that? Okay, I wasn't a normal child. Well, the Pharisees, how many remember in school, some of y'all too, like, Bob gets on the train at 9 o'clock doing 70 miles an hour. Two hours later, Jerry gets on the train, and it's doing 80 miles an hour. How long will it take for Bob to meet up with Jerry? I said, they're not even friends. They don't want to meet each other. <laughs> How do I know they know each other? And why are they getting up? What are they going to go do? They're like, has anyone ever applied that to a real-life situation? It's like, have you ever thought, hey, I'm going to get on it? <laughs> no. So... Well, the Pharisees did the same thing. They go to Jesus and go, oh, yeah, he thinks he's something. Watch this. We're going to trip him up. In Matthew twenty two twenty four, 24, it says, Teacher, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up the offspring for him. Now, there were seven brothers. <laughs> Bob's getting on the train. <laughs> Now there were seven brothers among them. And the first one married and died. And since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and the third and down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now, <laughs> at the resurrection, whose wife will she be with of the seven in heaven? Since she was married to all of them. Yep. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus replied, you're an error because you don't know the scriptures. <laughs> it's all written down. It's all there. The answer is, you don't know me. You don't know your father. It's already written down. How many times have we gone into prayer asking the Lord for something and it's written down. It's already been written down and you can't, you don't know it because you're not loving the Lord with your mind by renewing it with his word. The answer's in it. If you know the word, you know the answer. He goes, oh, <clears throat> about the resurrection of the dead, you have... Have you not read what God said to you? How my prayer would change if I knew all that God had to say about this situation, that situation, this teaching, that doctrine, what's true, what's not, what's deceitful. All, all these times that so many of us have been praying, and you know what? You can just see Jesus up there and going, I wrote it down. You don't know because 
You didn't read it. I wrote you a letter. I wrote you a love letter. You didn't bother to read it. It's all there. That's why it's got to be a balance. How do I love the Lord? I want to know what he expects of me. I want to know what he says of my life, what it's going to be, what to look for in other people, how to forgive. It's written down. That's how we love, is to renew our mind. So let me give you a quick, the how-tos of renewing your mind. First, the word transformation, and we see in Romans 12, transformation. transformation is a process. It's not a single event. It is a lifestyle. You are transforming. You're constantly changing. You're building upon blocks. You go from 8th grade to ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, is a continuing education of renewing, which is transformed. And number two is interrupt the interrupters. You know the thing that interrupts you? You're like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to the Bible today. I'm going to listen to a chapter. You know, I'm going to sit down. I'm concentrating. I'm, I'm, I might take a few notes. And then immediately something happens and it interrupts you. There's always an interruption. Well, Interrupt the interrupter. The, the interruption was rude. But you put a value that the interruption is more important than renewing your mind. So you got to interrupt the interruption. You're going, listen, guys, I'll take care of that. But first, this. First, this. Especially you who have children. You have live-in interrupters. <laughs> Some of your husbands are living interrupters. Interrupt the interrupter. I do not interrupt my wife's quiet time. That is forbidden. There's two things I don't do. I don't wake her up when she falls asleep. And you don't interrupt her when she's a quiet time. Well, number three, if ever you wake up somebody who can't fall asleep very easily, never tell them, oh, just go back to sleep. Uh, <laughs> doesn't work. Oh, just go back to sleep. Number three, know why you believe. Not not just, this is a little different from know what you believe. Know why. Always be prepared to make a defense. The defense is not, I just love Jesus. I want you to love Jesus. I love Jesus. I cuddle. I want to cuddle. I want Jesus to cuddle me. But I can't make a defense by going, I just feel that's not a defense. No. Why? Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a, doesn't say feeling, says reason. Why? What's your testimony? What's your testimony? That's a reason. What have you been set free of? What, what, have, what have you experienced that's new? For the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Wow. What I want to do is we're going to pray in a moment. But some of you have 
you're so alive to the interrupter. The interrupter has just gotten your attention from you learning anything. If it's just one verse, if it's just if it's it's uh, morning and evening with um, oh, what it used to be our favorite morning and evening with yes, phenomenal. It just it's just a little verse right there, and it's just fantastic. Morning and evening. And you learn who and what God is and expects of us. <clears throat> but the interrupter sounds so much like you and sounds so important. I want you to know it's not you. That's the enemy interrupting. And you've got to interrupt the interrupter and tell it, no, stop. Now, just because your little two-year-old comes up and interrupting you, you say, don't get me behind me, Satan. That's not going to go over well. They're going to grow up with some baggage. Um, <clears throat> if you start calling your children devils. and <clears throat> But the enemy does not miss an opportunity of real life. The enemy wants to interrupt using whatever he can. You've got to say no. It, no I know it sounds like you. I know it has your voice, but you also know it's right. And you've got to be willing to put a value on one over the other. Now, if the house is on fire, put your Bible down, put the fire out. Now, that's a little different. But other than that, there's just little interrupters. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Oh, I'm running late. I'm, there's... You've got to be able to say no to that thing. You know what's scary is one day you say no to, to that voice that you hear, and it answers back and says no. You're like, I got to call the pastor. <laughs> My interrupter just talked to me. You know, I want to bind that. I want to bind that in you that you have recognized. You thought it was you. It's not. It's the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy, to keep you from re renewing your mind and you finding your identity in Christ. So I'm going to speak to it. You just receive it. So let's stand. You guys know who I'm talking to. We're not going to expose you. You just receive. Say, I'm claiming that. So, Father, we need to renew our mind. We need to be balanced and realize we have to love you with our minds to discover what you said we are, who we are, who we're becoming, who you are, what you expect of us. Renew our mind. Open us up. And for those who have that voice of the interrupter, we bind you, interrupter. We recognize you as the enemy, as the one who wants to destroy us, to wear us out, to make us doubt, to keep us from reaching forward. 
from keeping us in the negative. You keep us in the negative and we bind you. In Jesus' name. In the name that is of the risen Lord that came to set us free, to free us from you and the interruption, to open our mind that we can have that renewed mind of Christ. In your son's name, Lord, the Lord Jesus, I speak it over your people. Amen. Amen.